Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 231 Opal today from our extensive Opal range. Get a trade-in booster and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome along to Friday's Late Lunch here on LMFM. Deirdre Hurley, back in the hot seat with you just for a day today. Uh, Jerry taking a day off, so I'm with you here now until half three. And if you want to get in contact with the programme, our text and WhatsApp number 086-1800-658. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you all survived that flurry of snowfall we had across the northeast uh, over the night. I woke up to beautiful snowy scenes in Kells this morning and went out for a lovely walk across the fields with the dogs before I came in today. We had definitely a lot more snowfall over that direction uh, driving across the, the counties this morning driving over here to Drogheda there was a lot less snow uh, but I woke up this morning to no power no shower no water nothing in the house I think things in Kells have settled back now and other areas affected as well at the Boy Delve and Baileyborough some of the spots there that were without power still today but I hope you're all back and I hope the snow is melting I think we are in for a little bit of an icy weekend so take care on the roads but coming up on the late lunch today we have a packed show for you we are going to be talking to to Gartha Adele Dugdale. We've heard from her many times here on the station, um, but a big surprise for her on the latest aid mission out to Ukraine. You might have known that there's been two, now three aid missions from Trim to Ukraine, but on the latest aid mission, there was a surprise for this hero, Gartha, and we're going to hear all about that later on in the programme. Sharon O'Neill heads up a security firm in Dublin, and she's looking at uh, bigger numbers of women coming into the security industry. She says that's down to women's conflict resolution skills. We'll be talking to her about that later on. Also, have we found a solution that's better for your face than Botox? Well, we all know about Botox, people going for Botox on their breaks now, lunch breaks. It's been an explosion of it across the country and around the world, people using Botox to treat those wrinkles and lines. We're going to be talking to a lady from Terman Fecken who has a reflexology treatment that she says is better than those injections. We'll also be talking about a litter initiative in Meath. We'll have our top five countdown for this week from 2004, you'll find out what that is. And we'll have a roundup of sport, local, national and international with David Sheehan after three. But our first guest on Late Lunch today was the owner of a play centre in Meath that was forced to close down due to insurance costs. Finbar Murray ran the Puddenhill Activity Centre in Kilmoon near Ashburn until 2019 when a combination of personal injury claims and soaring insurance premiums meant him and his wife could no longer operate their business. And this week in the High Court, one of those claims, a €60,000 claim against the business, was settled 
without his knowledge. And Finbar joins me on the line. Finbar, you're welcome to Late Lunch. I suppose. Yeah, thanks very much. How are you? And I know a lot of people would know you as well. You're still in, in operation in this uh, type of business. You're the director of the Zone, a uh, well-known activity centre in Navin. I suppose, okay. Finbar, your thoughts on this? Um, how did you hear about this case? I think people might be surprised to hear how you heard of it. Yeah, it's it's incredible, like you know, and it, it just brings back kind of memories and stress levels of, of uh, so many years ago. Um, I was sitting on the couch with my wife there just a couple of days ago, and uh, we're on a WhatsApp group with all the play centres and stuff. And a WhatsApp came in with uh, an article, and on the top of it was you know sixty thousand euro payout for whatever it was, you know, and we kind of started reading it, and I was like, oh my god, that's us! That was, that was our business. Couldn't believe it. The first we heard about it was on social media. It was unbelievable. That that seems kind of incredible, really, Finbar, that something could happen in your absence with no knowledge or no notification to yourself or your wife. Yeah, no, not at all. And, you know, like we weren't given the opportunity to have our say. Um, it just, it, it's baffling how um, insurance companies can do that without acknowledging the, the, the people that a claim is, is against. It's, uh, it's crazy and it's wrong. Tell me about the decision to close. I know you're still in business now in another form, but about Putten Hill at the time and and the decision, the difficult decision you made to close, how you came to it? Yeah, well, so we, we, I've got the zone uh, in Navin, uh, which is still going strong. We opened it in 2008. Um, but during that time, we were approached to take over um, Putten Hill. Uh, it was closed. It was derelict. Um, it, it, nothing had been happening there in years, so we we took the kind of the, the bold move to uh, to try and open it and reinvent it, and we did, and we put so much effort and time into it, and, and we built it into a national award-winning centre, which was fantastic. And um, but during that time, I suppose at the start, insurance was uh, I, I suppose it wouldn't have been cheap, but it was affordable, uh, and over the next coming years, it started going up and up. And then uh, in the final year, um, we couldn't get an insurance quote. So just uh, we were three months out from renewal of, of our lease. And uh, because we had a claim hanging over us, um, we, we, couldn't, uh, we couldn't get a quote for insurance. So that was, yeah, that was, that was uh, you know, we, we couldn't make the decision then on, on uh, taking out a lease when we didn't know if we'd even have insurance. I suppose you're still in the business, uh, Finbar. It, it didn't put you off in, in, in total, I suppose. What are the conditions like now for operators of businesses like yourselves? You know, ha- has there been any improvement in terms of insurance and and the likes of these claims? Yeah, well, over, over the past couple of years now, with the, the work from the Alliance for Insurance Reform, they've, they've been making great strides. Um, and um, PALI, which is Play Activity and Leisure Ireland, um, from the work of those uh, groups, we have managed to get insurance. So with Pali, we've got a group scheme. There's 102 businesses uh, insured under a group scheme. So uh, what, that, what that means is there's instead of 102 separate policies or 20 or 30,000 euro uh, policies, you've got one big lump, uh, which is managed by a broker. And thankfully, we've got a, we've got a decent underwriter. Um, so at the minute, we're, we're OK for, for insurance. But if you're if you're on your own, if you're you know a small company that isn't part of, of one of these groups or a group scheme, you've got no chance, and it's just going to close close businesses down. What about the culture of claiming in this country? I suppose we won't speak 
specifically about the cases, but in general, the, the what's known as the compo culture, Finbar. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think it's it's just uh, it's deplorable, really. I think um, uh, well, with this duty of care coming in, uh, hopefully that that will pass and it'll come into law and it'll be implemented. It'll mean that people will have to take a little bit of responsibility for themselves and for their own action, which is is exactly what's needed. Uh, and it'll move people away from getting this quick buck fix, you know, uh, easy money. Um, it seems that in any situation, in any business, the, the guilty person is the person that has the biggest insurance policy, and that's who people claim off. Uh, the compa culture is destroying, uh, is destroying life for, for an awful lot of people. It's making it almost impossible to run a business, and it's closing centres down. So, You've got kids that are sitting inside on PlayStations and Xboxes, and they're not—they're not going going out, and they're not doing this risky play, which is great for for mental development. Uh, and they're they're just losing out on so much. So it's it's not just it's not just the businesses, it's not the businesses employees, it's not just the business employees family. It's it's a whole country is losing out by this claims culture. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder where people are going to have birthday parties of places like yours didn't exist. I mean, they are the saviour of parents with little smallies as well. And um, we're going you, you've been receiving a lot of support, Finbar. I gather um, in terms of how you've you've carried on in business and you've taken, I suppose, taken the fight fight to another level after all you've been through. I suppose it's pretty galling when you have to close a business, but you you're hanging in there. Uh, they're hanging in there, yeah. And thanks to uh, to my wife Linda Murray, she's uh, she's really kind of spearheaded the campaign to to try and reform insurance, uh, which which is making a difference. It's slow, but it, but it is making a difference. But the the, the reason that I'm I'm continuing on, and just believe me, there's days where I just you know wake up in the morning or not able to sleep at night and say, why do I bother? But the reason that I bother is twofold. One is the customers leaving with a smile on their face. Plus, we know we've done a job when they leave with a smile on their face. We've created so many memories for, for all the customers. And the other is we've got an amazing team. We've got uh, uh, 24 employees now, uh, some, of, some who, who have been with us for years and years. Uh, and even their sons and daughters are coming and working for us now, which is fantastic. So for me, keeping going and uh, keeping these people employed and giving them a life and a lifestyle, uh, that makes it worthwhile. Okay, well, Finbar, thank you for joining us uh, today on Late Lunch and we wish you all the best with your business. I'm sure um, you've a few more bumps down the road. I know that there were a couple of other claims and hopefully that you get to have some more information before you head to the courts, um, unlike in this this situation. But we wish you and and Linda all the best. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Finbar Murray there, Director of The Zone in Navin and uh, joining us today to talk about that case that ran in the High Court without uh, any information to his wife, a €60,000 claim against their business that was settled uh, without their knowledge. Now, on Late Lunch uh, this week, we've been running a competition for tickets to go and see Tommy Fleming. Tommy Fleming's in the TLT Theatre in Drogheda. This Saturday, this weekend, 8 o'clock, he's in the TLT in Drogheda and we have a pair of tickets to give away. So any Tommy Fleming fans out there, I know there's a few. There's a few of you lurking out there. We All all you have to do is to text us the answer to a very simple question and our text number is 086-1800-658. And we want to know, all you have to do for the chance to win is to tell us what county in the west of Ireland is Tommy Fleming. Fleming from. What county in the west of Ireland is Tommy Fleming from? You're listening to The Late Lunch on LMFM. Now, it's hard to believe that we are one year on, uh, still watching news reports coming out of Ukraine as of last week, continuing to document the misery that's still being inflicted on the Ukrainian people. 
Well, it may give you some comfort to know that aid missions from Ireland are continuing right here from the northeast. The latest aid mission from Trim headed out for the war-stricken country at the end of February. It ended up, though, being a mission with a bit of a surprise. And joining me on the line now is Gartha Adele Dugdale of Trim Garda Station and the organiser Mick Hughes to tell us what happened. I suppose, Mick, we might start with you first, because I think you had a a hand, uh, act and part in the organisation of what happened. But tell us first, I suppose, your mission and what you're what you're aiming to do for the people of Ukraine. Well, what we've seen was uh, at the back end of last summer was that there was a need for uh, for four by fours, basically for uh, out there for getting people in and out of harm's way, so to speak. And uh, given the conditions of the roads uh, and certainly after all the, the attacks and that, so we said we'd start gathering four by fours. We started and uh, well, to date now we've we've gone with twenty nine. But including uh, four ambulances on, the, on our latest run, we went with 13 vehicles last week. Uh, and Dublin Fire Brigade uh, gave us three ambulances through uh, um, Tony Tony McAvoy, one of our volunteer drivers who who's just retired from Dublin Fire Brigade. And Beacon Hospital gave us another one of their ambulances. They, they've already sent out ambulances and we brought this, their one this time. Filled with aid, uh, a lot of high value aid for hospitals and uh and generators and all the stuff they need. So we, we went out this time. We went in September with nine vehicles, in November with four, and this time with 13. And, of course, Adele was one of the drivers on all three, a volunteer driver on all three of those missions. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. And I suppose thank you on behalf of all the people in the Northeast for um, this fantastic missionary work going out to help people. I suppose we feel like we can do so little, feel quite powerless when you're watching what's happening in Ukraine, but you are doing something that's making a difference. Now, there was a, it was a sombre, I suppose, mood probably to start off with when you think of where you're going into. Is that right? Uh, very definitely. If you have, uh, like, the thing that motivated us, uh, I, I often say, if anyone remembers how, how their attention was captured watching Schindler's List with the little girl in the red coat, well, little girls in red coats are all over Ukraine and they're here to the ones that got away. They were lucky enough to get out of the country and that's what motivates us is what's going on there. Um, it's, it's getting more sombre. Every time we visit, we see the, the, the town that we go to there, Brody, uh, more and more people of their local people are, are, are falling victim to this war. And it was this, this particular trip was no exception. One of our uh, uh, hosts and partners with, with the charity out there, Sunflower Network, actually got a call uh, when she was sitting in the, in the Jeep with David, one of our drivers, on this occasion uh, about the guy that was missing for four days and he was eventually found dead on the front. So, I mean, this is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of uh, mood and that we've seen a lot of guys and ladies in uniform going around with their guns and, and uh, a lot of guys on crutches with only one leg. So, I mean, it is a lot of, uh, it, 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 it was more somber this time than it was on previous, on our two previous trips. Yeah, how does it compare, I suppose, from the earlier trips? Um, do you know, I, I suppose, is there a difference, Mick, in, 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 in what you see or the attitude of the people, it must be hard to continue to keep going when you're a year uh, into something. Very definitely. I mean, they, they, this, this lady now, Roxelana, had put a smile on and, and, and uh, she and, and Victoria, of course, that uh, she's, she's a gem. She's worked from America and, and organised all this aid along with Sasha and Dustin and, and the guys out there with Sunflower Network uh, doing massive work for, for the country despite the fact that they're living outside it. Uh, but but they... they, they they're losing people left, right and centre. One of the most chilling, chilling uh, statistics they came up in conversation at dinner last uh, Saturday in, in Ukraine, uh, or sorry, last Friday night, was uh, that there is a request for 1,200 body bags per week. Uh, that's from the charity. It's, that's, that is itself is a chilling 
chilling uh, thing to hear. Yeah. And the, like we, the mayor that met me just there, and he met our councillor and all French here, so it was like we get met like out there. Uh, had to leave early to go to visit the family of the latest guy that was found, and that's a regular occurrence. But we're very happy. Our guys are coming into town. We've got the tricolour flying and stuck on on, on all of our vehicles. Uh, just three days before we were there, there was a Norwegian contingent came with their thing. So the countries of the, of the West are are coming on a regular basis with, with aid. Adele, if I can talk to you, uh, I suppose uh, congratulations on, on being part of the third mission uh, from Trim. And I suppose this one was a little bit different. And I know we're talking about something that's really, uh, it's, a, it's a very serious topic. Yeah. But you are due to get married in June and your colleagues and uh, the other volunteers that were out with you decided to give you a bit of a surprise on the way, uh, on uh, during your aid mission. So tell us yeah. how you got Mickey. it was. <laughs> was it? You didn't just suspect anything before you left? No, well, to be fair, so this was, as Mick had said, this was my third um, venture over to Ukraine. And yeah, I'm due to get married on the 1st of June. So I had told my partner at the time when I came back to, after the second one that I was going to be going on no more until after we got married. So of course, Mick, being Mick, he's a great way with words and you don't like to let him down. So as the team leader, he asked me again, would I kick out to the team? And I said, yeah, no problem. But I said, there might be a problem in getting over. How am I going to tell my partner that I'm going again? So we came up with the idea. We'd, I'd just tell him that I was going to my hen party. Very good. Oh, but sure, he, he clocked me straight away. He knows me too well. <laughs> so he just said, are you going to, where's this party happening? And I was trying to laugh then. Oh, we're just going on a bit of a cruise, a bit of a trip. It's nothing too to worry about. But he said, it's hardly going to Ukraine. So he clocked me straight away. But... Um, that kind of stuck then and then the girls then and Mick and the team then surprised me when we got on, on the ferry then. Right, I don't suppose uh, too many people are, are having the hen party on the way to, to a, a war zone. No, 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 no. Or having 14 men at their hen party either which is quite <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> so was Mick in a pink sash and a hat? Did, you, did they go, do the dog in it? Did they do the whole cowboy hats whole, and all the gear? The whole lot of them did to be fair and, and I actually feel sorry for the guys that came on this was their first trip Okay. Because we had been very familiar with each other over the last two trips because we're coming from all over Ireland. So we, we're not that familiar with each other until we go on these trips. But um, yeah, they got a hell of a shock, I think, when they realised they were going to be thrown in the deep end into the middle of a hen party on a ferry over to uh, France. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure it probably helped to lighten the mood uh, of, of the team going out there to do it. Adele, it's your third time going. I, I know you're getting married in June now, so it's probably going to rule out any further. But I suppose... What does it mean to you to be involved in missions like this? Oh, it's great because, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you can help, we just like to help. Um, like, it's it's not that we're trying to fix every problem or I'm not under any illusion that we still have issues here in our own country. That, But if we can do a little bit and we can help a little bit, then that's great. Like, I know, um, I don't know if Nick was just saying it there, like, we're after getting clips there from the crutches and the walking aids and stuff that we brought over with us on the last trip. And we'd received the photographs from the hospital of them getting there. And like, as I was saying on the text message, it fills your heart with joy to know that the people of Ukraine are getting these so they can get better. But it breaks your heart in the same time knowing that they need them and, and they need them in bulk at the same time. So it's a kind of a bittersweet emotion all the time. It does kind of restore your faith, though. I suppose people sometimes when they're donating for a mission, they don't get to receive the, see the results of, of, of what they're doing. So I suppose you have a tangible you know, something tangible to see, well, look, actually, what we're doing is making a difference. Yeah, it's huge. Like, and and um, it goes back to, you know, the starfish on the beach. Like, you can't fix them all, you can't have them all, but if you can help one, that's all you can do. 
you can stand over that and then that fills your heart with joy and that's as much as you can do for now. Absolutely. Well, listen, Adele and Mick, thank you both uh, very much for your contribution and what you've done. And Adele, I wish you all the very best for your upcoming <laughs> nuptials. You. Hopefully you won't be kidnapped by any other uh, oh, God. forces. Mick doesn't ask me to go on another trip between now and June. Exactly. You'll have to definitely <laughs> say no to that one. Well, congratulations to Adele, Doug Dill and Mick Hughes uh, on their latest mission to Ukraine to help those in the war-stricken country, which also turned into be a hen party. So I suppose there's not many hen parties can say they happened on the way to a war zone. Anyway, time for some music here on Late Lunch today and uh, some local band, a, a little known local band, The Course and Breathless. Go on, go on, leave me breathless. You're listening to The Late Lunch on LMFM and it's Friday afternoon, so that means it's time for our TV theme tune. We've been giving you little clips of TV themes to guess and I'm sure if you're around in the 90s, you're going to know this one. That's a little bit of a clue. But let's see if you can identify which TV theme we're listening to now. Great! I love TV! We watch TV? TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV! Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became... Can't tell you the rest of the theme tune because that will give it away. But if you know the answer of our TV theme tune today, text us in or WhatsApp to 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658. Now, are women better at conflict resolution? A leading security professional is claiming that skills in dealing with conflict are leading to a surge in women women entering the security industry. Sharon O'Neill is event security manager of Integrity Security, Security based in Dublin and she joins me on the line. Sharon, you're very welcome to the late lunch. Why why do women make good security guards? Um, I think the women that are doing security at the moment, they have um, they have an awful lot to bring to the industry. Um, the guys are brilliant, but women can do kind of, they can go into areas that men can't go into. They can adapt. They multitask. Do you know what I mean? And there's, there's a lot of women coming into the industry now um, because um, it's just, it's family orientated now. So women are needed on yeah. every venue. And um, What do you think has led to the change in the demographic? I suppose, is it women seeing the industry differently or the industry itself recognising the need for women to be there for the balance, I suppose? Well, we in Integrity and Fairness, we have been uh, recruiting women for since we started, actually. Um, but the demographics have changed an awful lot um, because, as I said earlier on, um, a lot of women now, it's kind of, you know, women are just as good as men, to be honest. I suppose one thing that I suppose a stereotype of the, you know, a stereotypical um, security guard or bodyguard, you'd think of, you know, a big surly bloke, you know, arms folded, you're not getting in tonight now. I don't know if I've heard that before in my time, but uh, but I suppose, um, what about the physical attributes needed for security work? I mean, you know, physical strength and it is, you know, biologically proven men are stronger than women. So you know, what about that end of things? Is there, a, you know, something to be made up there? Uh, no, not really. Um, the security business is not all about your strength. It's all about how you deal with people on the front line. Um, so, yes, it, it doesn't do any harm to have the ability to, you know, um, 
to veer off if, if something's happening. But the women are well able now to manage, you know, a door, whether it be men or women that are coming to that door or venues whatever but um, it's not all about brute strength Mm -hmm. I suppose what you're looking for is someone that can prevent it getting to that point absolutely Mm. Um, you have to talk to people do you know what I mean even the guys now in fairness to them out there that that the day of the brute strength is gone do you know it's just you know um, as I said you you, you don't know what people's situation are so the brute strength thing is definitely gone and um, and a lot of the ladies now There'll be a couple of tough women out there now, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, in dealing with women in, in terms of when it does become, a, you know, a conflict situation, um, women, in terms of women, you know, I suppose getting aggressive or whatever, um, there, is there equality among the genders in terms of when there's an issue? No, no, the the women will go and they will, you know, have a chat with guys as well and vice versa. But um, I just think the women can go into places that the guys can't get into. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, bathrooms and the problems with children and, you know, you have to calm the mother down if she loses her child and, you know, different things like that. Um, but there's a lot of women out there now that are well able to do a front door. What are the, I suppose, in terms of your, your working in the industry as a career, as a career opportunity, I mean, is it a growing area? Are there, you know, is there still um, opportunities for women or men looking for work in security? You can start at the bottom in security and you can walk your way up. It's, um, you know, everybody needs to be trained and us in integrity, we train all our staff. So you could start at the bottom and within a year you're at the top. And I note that you're seeing in, in most of your top management positions within your sector that actually women are taking up a lot of the higher higher end of the, of the spectrum of roles. Well, at Integrity, they definitely are. We have a lot of women here and they would be supervisors, managers, um, you know, in the office and the whole lot. I think women can multitask a little bit. I'm not saying the guys can't, but you know yourself, the women are, you know, in the job and then they're thinking, you know, what have I to do tomorrow before even tomorrow arrives? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for both sexes. And, you know, it's just, um, I think the women should just get out there and do it. As I say, try it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But there's there's a lot of women now that kind of, you know, their families are reared and um, maybe it's coming out of college. They just want to try something different. It helps you deal with different situations. You get trained, first aid, you know, um, all the training that you have will help you going further. Mm-hmm. And people skills. I suppose, um, Sharon, was security hit a big time by the pandemic? I suppose with the, you know, closure, closure of events and, you know, I suppose any time of social life, has it come back to normal or what way are, are things for you now? Have things picked up again? Well, in fairness, we never stopped. You know, we kind of really just came to our to our fore in the in the pandemic because there was a lot of places that needed security like the vaccination centres and stuff like that. Do you know? So to be honest, um it wouldn't have affected us as much and um a lot of other places would have closed down where we were still busy. In terms of what security um, staff are facing and the and the dangers that they face, in, um, you know, in in the course of their jobs, the likes of of knife crime, um, is that something that has increased? I suppose anecdotally, in any case. Well, I haven't come across any knife crimes, and I'm doing it thirty years. 
Mm-hmm. So, to be honest with you now, I think if you can assess the situation, if you can have a look at the crowd that's coming into your venue, you kind of have an idea, you know, whether they're going to be, you know, trouble or whatever. We do searches on all the festivals and, you know, we do the, the, the football and we're actually getting ready now to do the Dublin Parade. So... The, a lot of the managers and, and supervisors out there would have been trained to look for the likes of somebody. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but it's very unlikely and it has never come across their path, thank mm. God. And I suppose those kind of conflict resolution, uh, you know, at the likes of festivals and gigs, you're going to see people with drugs. It's probably just, you know, it's part of, part and parcel of the game. You know, in terms of dealing with people that are that are using drugs recreationally or whatever, um, you know, is that something that is, you know, um, important to be trained on? Yes, mm. yes. Because you can, you can't accuse anybody of doing any of those things. And if you're wrong, you know it's um, it's not nice for us and it's not nice for them. What about self defence skills? Is that something you know um, you're, you focus on a lot in training, or ha- have you ever had cause to use your self defence skills, Sharon? Once or twice, once or twice, but would be very minimal now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, um, most of the time we will be walking alongside with the guardie. So if a situation gets to a fall where you need to you know, call them over, you know, we we will do that. Um, and it's it's kind of, nowadays, it's not, as you say, it's not the bulky, you know, throw them out on the street and stuff like that. You just speak to people. You Nobody knows what anybody's going through. So if we can help them at all, even though they're giving trouble, we will do that. You're looking forward to, I, I, hear, I hear you mentioning the St. Patrick's Day Parade, uh, Sharon. You won't be working at that yourself, will you? Oh, we'll be around everywhere. We're in Dublin and Limerick and Wexford and, you know, so it's, 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 it's very big. That must and be a big, yeah, a big yeah. undertaking. We're, we're under pressure now to get all that sorted, but we'll have it done. We'll have it done. I, I believe Bobby Ewing from Dallas is, the, is taking part in the main Dublin parade. No, I believe. <laughs> You'll have to hold the women back from, from get, trying to get to him, I'd say. <laughs> but anyway. now. <laughs> well, Sharon, it's been lovely to talk to you this afternoon, and I suppose, yeah, and great to hear that uh, that that more women are are finding new, uh, I suppose, new new avenues in terms of uh, of areas of work, and uh, and that you know they're finding parity in terms of the the security industry. Lovely to talk to you, anyway. Sharon O'Neill there from Integrity Security, based in Dublin. And I want to say a big hello to my, a good old friend of mine uh, who's just texted the show to Danny, my old pal. He used to be here in the building every day telling us all the news. Anyway, he says, this around this time, eight or nine years ago, Deirdre, you were caught in Slane with the snow and it had to be pulled out. That's true. I was trying to get across Slane and there was a, another massive snowfall and I couldn't get to work. So hello to you, Danny, this afternoon. It's great to hear from you. And thanks to everybody that's been texting in. Plenty of texts coming in for both the Tommy Fleming competition and our... TV theme tune. God, I nearly said the answer to it there. I better not say that again. If you do want to text in for our TV theme tune again, our number 086-1800-658. And it's time for some more music here on Late Lunch this afternoon. And we're going to have one of the biggest one-hit wonders of the 90s. I don't think they did anything after this tune, but it's still a classic. Four Non Blondes, What's Up? Uh, it's time now for a bit of comedy. We like to keep it light here on a Friday and uh, this guy is one of the greatest uh, British comedians around at the moment and he's in town actually um, in the next while. He's uh, as part of the panto of Mother Goose in the Borgosh Energy Theatre along with Ian McKellen but he is so funny. He's one of our favourites and I'm not surprised Jerry chose this guy today. It's comedian John Bishop. I think the reason that Jerry chose him is because he's Liverpudlian and he was trying to give a bit of a, you know, two fingers to all the Man United fans who are still still uh, hiding away but anyway this is uh, the guy from Liverpool known as John Bishop not 
knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Every dad in this room has aspirations, and you can't help but live your life through your kids. And, and you see you see it when you go to football matches. Like, I'm a big, I'm a big Liverpool supporter. Yeah. To be honest, it doesn't matter whether you cheer or boo. I'm 42, I'm not going to get bullied. <laughs> and if, I, if you do, I'll just phone Childline. But I, I am. I, I, <laughs> you know what? This is true, this. I actually, I actually was at a charity auction about, uh, about three weeks ago, and they were, they were uh, selling off at this charity auction the opportunity to be a mascot at Anfield. And I kept on bidding, I kept on bidding, and it was getting close between me and another fella. And it got to the point where they said, look, we're going to have to have a word with you, because only one of you is going to win it, and this is getting a little bit silly. And he turned to me, and he said, OK, we're going to have a word with the both of you. He turned to the other fella, he said, the child who will be the mascot, how old is he? He said, eight. He turned to me, he said, the child who will be the mascot, how old would he be? I said, they're 42. I was so desperate to walk out of the match all nuns with Steven Gerrard like that. Because <laughs> it's a dream. And it's a dream that never ends. It's a dream that never ends. That's what women don't understand. Women don't understand that men live in two worlds. We live in this world, the one that you see, and the other one, the one that's in our head. The one where everything's still possible. I would say now that there's men in this room still waiting to get bitten by a spider to find out you've got superpowers. <laughs> that's what we're like. That's why when you go to football games, you always see fat, bald, middle-aged men wearing replica football kits. And you know the first time they put that shirt on, you know they looked in the mirror and thought, there's still a chance. And that's what we're like. I go to Anfield, there'll be 47,000 people there, 20,000 of them will be fat, bald, middle-aged men wearing replica football kits, waiting for that one day that Rafa Benitez walks out, looks around and goes, oh, we've only got ten men. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, fat Eddie looks like he'll do a job. <laughs> Oh, he's brilliant. John Bishop. And that one is dedicated to all the Liverpool supporters. Uh, David Sheen, actually, we'll be talking about Liverpool later on in his sports roundup of the weekend. So stay tuned for that if you're into your sport after three. Uh, but first, some more music on Late Lunch. And this song was the soundtrack to 1994. It spent 15 weeks at number one and it was uh, featured in the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. I think once you hear the first few bars, you're going to know this, but it's... Uh, it's still one of the best love songs of all time. Love is all around by Wet Wet Wet. Yes, thanks for joining us here on The Late Lunch on LMFM. Now, it was once the preserve of the ultra-rich and the Hollywood elite, but now the use of Botox to treat wrinkles and lines has been become something that more and more Irish people are using as part of their beauty regime. Lisa Heaney is a reflexologist and aromatherapist based in Terman Fecken and she says natural facelifts are better than Botox. So we're going to talk to Lisa now. She is uh, the founder of Aroma Buff and author of Aroma Bump and she joins me on the line. Uh, Lisa, you're very welcome to The Late Lunch. 
Hello, Deirdre. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to talk to you because this is something that is a scene and I've seen and, and probably is... It's, it more applies to women than men, really, truly, if we're going to be honest about it. But I suppose sure. everybody can can get facial treatments. But tell us what your alternative is to, or you see as, uh, to Botox. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm sure that Botox injectables do have a place somewhere along the line. But uh, what I offer is face reflexology and in particular face rejuvenate, facial rejuvenation reflexology. So what it does is that I mean, a lot of people would have heard that, you know, of reflexology working on the feet, but the exact same points can also be found on the face. And by stimulating those points, you're bringing about a sense of balance in the body and wellness. But in addition to those um, wellness and reflexology points, then um, there's the addition of specific massage techniques, um, facial cupping, um, stimulation of the acupressure points, uh, I use a, a quartz um, facial roller as well. And all of that is tied together beautifully with organic face oils, balms and serum as well. And what it does, I mean, whilst you're stimulating the body to come into balance itself, um, alleviate stress, um, sort of move forward from heavy emotions, that sort of thing, which we all hold in our face. So much of our expression is held in that. So the reflexology side helps with balancing that side, but the rejuvenating techniques of the massage um really improve the look and feel of the of the complexion and um, bring in more blood to the to the face. I mean, the, the facial cupping alone helps with lymph drainage and um, therefore reducing the sense of puffiness in the face, um, creating a more sculpted jawline, um, more shape to your cheekbones and your cheeks, uh, less puffiness around your eyes, all of that sort of thing. Because with the, with the lymph system in the, in the body, it takes away uh, toxins from the body but it doesn't have its own um, circulation. It needs, it requires, uh, it, sorry, it relies on muscle action around it to, to help move it along. So by using the likes of the facial cupping, um, you're actually helping to move that lymph along and get it out of the body where it needs to be cleaned. And then you've got um, like a blank canvas then as well for your body just to take over in its own in its own um, functions. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's incredible to think, um, Lisa, that by by using a roller or to try using these cupping methods, that you can change the shape of of your face. Like to to actually, I suppose women do um, really aspire to having that. You know, the shaped jawlines we see them on celebrities, and now we're looking at people getting fat sucked out of their cheeks. It kind yeah. of seems, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it seems, seems a bit drastic, doesn't quite, it? Really? It does seem a bit drastic, I suppose. Um, yeah. But I suppose if people were looking for alternatives in an, in, an, in a more natural way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I'm coming from a place where I want to work with your body. OK, so I, um, I want to improve the blood flow to your face. I want to help toxins be eliminated. Um, I want to reduce the levels of stress that you have in your body um, that you may be um, experiencing in your, in your life through work, through family, you know, lots of things going on. So by working with your body, you're actually helping to alleviate those symptoms of stress. And like I say, you know, I mean, lots of people have frown lines right between their eyebrows. They have wrinkles across their their forehead. You know, their cheeks begin to droop and their mouth begins to droop downwards simply because there's stress and there's unhappiness in their life. But the reflexology comes in, backs up that, um, really improves the sense of emotions as well. I, um, Deirdre, have you ever had normal reflexology? I have, but not on my face. I've had it on my right. feet. Yeah. On your feet, yeah. And there's that sense of wellness that comes with that. So all of that, I mean, what you felt by having feet reflexology, you would feel the same sense of wellness 
by having the, the points worked on your face, but then also the added benefit of the rejuvenation, which is just marvellous. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky to have um, another friend and colleague who is also trained in facial reflexology. And so we swap treatments. And I have to say, I've become a little bit addicted <laughs> because A, I just feel so well with it. And also the difference in my own skin. I mean, and the, just the, I suppose the tone of, of, of the skin on my face as well has improved. And, and people have commented to say, you know, that I'm looking well. So it, I really am putting it down to this and I am very passionate about it at the moment. One of the things I find fascinating about reflexology, now I'm talking about, I, I, as I understood it from the, the face and head, and I suppose it's all connected, but that's the thing about reflexology. It is all connected so that pressure points on your feet or your hands or wherever on your body uh, mm-hmm. mirror other parts of the body so your stomach or your lungs or your other organs yeah. I find yeah, that you're incredible exactly right yeah. yeah it is isn't it and by you know it, it, using seemingly simple techniques you're actually uh, stimulating and balancing all of the, the systems within the body so you've got everything I mean your heart your brain your spine your lungs your stomach like you mentioned liver kidneys bladder uh, reproductive system is all there and it can be accessed by stimulating the points on your face or your feet or your hands, actually. Um, and it really lends it, it to be such a wonderful treatment because there's a, there's a huge sense of relaxation, like deep relaxation comes with this. Um, your mind drifts. Many people fall asleep. But then, you know, once the end of the treatment, they're like, oh, my goodness, that just felt amazing. Because everything is there in our head. You know, we've got so much going on in our head. And by working, somebody working directly onto your face, it's releasing so much tension. Because relax. There's this, that sense of, of rejuvenation. There is, you know, it's a good word to describe it, really. Lisa, you treat women as well uh, with reflexology in terms of menopause. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot more, I suppose, open discussion about this on perimenopause and looking out for symptoms uh, so that women aren't looking upon this period of their lives with, you know, this kind of dreaded feeling, oh, mm-hmm. God, what's ahead of me? So yeah. how does reflexology help in terms of menopause? Okay, Um it can help balance the hormones, which, as we know, are, are key to the, that change in your life. And um, those hormones, they govern lots of things from everything from, you know, inflammation in your joints to brain fog to hair loss. And obviously, you know, the, the, the stopping of periods, that's sort of like nearly the, the last thing that the mind, the more, the, sorry, the, the, the least major thing, really, I suppose. It's all other um, symptoms that can affect us. And more often than not, I mean, not wanting to, to knock the medical system, but, you know, doctors don't have time and it's often a case of here's some antidepressants, here's some um, anti-inflammatories, uh, here's some HRT. And that seems to be an answer. Whereas, if, again, if you're working with a person's body, if you're helping to balance those hormones in a natural way, um, the stress is removed, the legs flushes can be reduced, the pain and the inflammation in joints, which, you know, many people might not actually associate with the likes of perimenopause menopause and postmenopause. But you're, with reflexology, you can help reduce the, the discomfort and the, um, that sense of inflammation in your joints. Um, your energy will be improved. Um, there'll be a sense of clarity in, you, um, in your brain, in your mind. Um, by working um, actually just between your eyebrows and then moving straight up to the hairline, that's the spine. And therefore, all along that, you've got the, the glands like the pituitary gland, your hypothalamus, your pineal gland, all of which govern hormones. And um, by working those, you're bringing those into balance. The transition between, um, you know, when, you, when you're still menstruating and then after into, into menopause, 
can be so much more reduced. And if you have got that sense of support that somebody is listening to you, that, you know, you're not going crazy because you've got all these mood swings, but you don't actually want to take the HRT just yet. And then this menopause reflexology is a wonderful treatment to, to support you in that. So we've spoken about the face reflexology. So there's that sense of rejuvenation as well. But in the menopause reflexology treatment that I offer, it includes the face, the hands and the feet in one beautiful treatment. So a person can totally drift off into into sleep zone with that. But knowing that everything is being balanced, they're being supported in their in their menopause symptoms and they will feel much better for it. It sounds lovely. Um, Lisa, I, I don't want to finish, I suppose, on a negative point, but I do want to ask <laughs> you your um, your thoughts on Botox and lip fillers and all these I suppose injectable treatments that that women primarily are are are, are getting now, uh, and mm. and the explosion that we've seen in it. I mean, people look quite different. But in terms yeah. of your your body and how those injectables are taken into the body, I mean, what are your thoughts on it from from your end of things? For me personally, they you know it sort of jars with me because they're they're working against the body. I mean, people want to to eradicate fine lines or, or you know wrinkles or you know, just make things look a bit sort of perkier. But with the likes of Botox, you're freezing those muscles. So your face isn't working properly. And therefore, you know, the more the more Botox you get, the more, you know, um, injectables you get. Because it's not just a once-off thing. So once you start, you're going to have to keep on going with that. But the more that you put into your face, the less of an expression you actually have. It actually makes me a little bit sad that, that younger women are going for this so early. Um you know, women in their 20s and 30s, perhaps with lip fillers and, and Botox and things. Well, there are other alternatives. Um, to me, it's not a long-term answer. And also, I, I saw recently that um, it was a beauty editor um, for a magazine in the UK, and she'd been a beauty editor for 20 years. And she had, you know, you know, she'd gone under, she'd undergone various treatments, and you know, in the, in the sort of the name of research for her for her articles. And she had gone with injectables and Botox and fillers. And she thought that the fillers actually dissolved. But then she had she needed to go for an MRI and the fillers were still there in her face. So they hadn't actually dissolved. So they were still there in her system as a toxin in her system. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sort of thing that worries me. The, 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 sort of the idea that once you start with these things, it, it's a it's a rocky road, and you sort of have to keep going with them. Yeah, I think, I think the problem is, is that when you get later in life, and you should be looking, I think I think lines are beautiful, and uh, and your wrinkles should be celebrated because they're you know a sign of a life well lived. But I don't know what you'd look like in your in your very later years, having used these treatments for a long time. <laughs> I think I think we'll see in about twenty years what this is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. everyone will look twenty still. Um, yeah, I think working with the body is a much to me it's a much um, more holistic approach. Um, now, obviously, nobody wants to look, you know, old or, or old beyond their years or um, sort of that sense of, oh, gosh, you know, I'm now not noticed. Um, I've moved into my 40s or 50s. And, you know, there is that sense of there's a lack of confidence. You know, your body changes. Perhaps, you know, you've had children. Your face begins to change. There is something that's known as an age spurt and it can happen. But if you're supported in that and if you, if you can, you know, do think yourself to um, to enhance your own aging process in a, in a good way. I don't mean yes, you know, go down the age and you know go down the aging route and look ninety immediately. Absolutely not. Everyone wants to look well, and I see the the facial reflexology and the facial rejuven, rejuvenation reflexology just as a really positive natural support that feels great 
and then you look great as well. So it's all it's all win win really. Well, it sounds lovely. Well, Lisa, thank you very thank much you. for joining us at late lunch and enlightening us about facial reflexology. Maybe it's given uh, some listeners some food for thought. Uh, anyway, Lisa Heaney is based in St. Feckins GAA. Um, so if you want to find out more from her, let me find. I have it here. Lisa is facereflexology.ie. Now, do you notice litter on the roads where you live or where you walk or where you drive by um, in County Meath? Well, or across, I suppose, anywhere. It's it's a, it's a bit of an epidemic. In certain spots, you notice litter black spots. Well, Meath County Council are trying to address this by getting volunteers on board to help with a new litter uh, initiative to try and curb litter across the county. And I'm joined on the line by Meath's litter warden, Alan Nolan. Alan, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. There's a good afternoon. How are you? Not too bad. This is a, an initiative that you're bringing back because I suppose in the past you've you've had great success with this. Tell us about the Green Kilometre and what it yeah, means. We, we started the Green Kilometre back in spring 2021 when COVID was rampant at the time and everybody was kind of restricted to the 5K. But we noticed there was a huge volume of calls coming in that people that had never walked their local roads now walking their local roads because they couldn't go anywhere else and they were noticing and we were noticing as well that the volume of waste that people were seeing. So we, we set up the Green Kilometre. We give people, groups, individuals, clubs, schools, anybody who wants to take part in this could register first. We give you gloves, we give you pickers, we give you high-vis vests and we give you bags. And then we'll also pick the bags up off you. It was a huge success. We ended up with um, 7, 000, approximately 7,000 black bags of rubbish. Oh, that's an incredible amount, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, and to be honest, it was really noticeable when you drive down a road then that was after being picked. Because I, every day, we're driving down roads and everyone drives down roads and you see a bottle here, a can there, a tyre here, a tyre there. Everyone just got out and grabbed this by the neck, as we say. And it really, really took off and it was absolutely beyond. Like, at the end of it, we had 230 groups and individuals involved in it. And it was absolutely fantastic. And again, we're going to... There's still, there's still some tidy towns, some groups, some individuals, some clubs that are still doing it. Like only two weeks ago, we had Kentstown Gun Club. The lads up there are absolutely fantastic. A bunch of them went out and they picked 45 bags in a couple of hours just in the roads around Kentstown. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And like the volume of rubbish that we're picking up is absolutely brilliant. So we're relaunching it again this year. Hope and start. As I say, people are continuing to do it. They've never stopped doing it. We just want to highlight it again that if you want to get involved in it, if you're a school, a club, a GA club, anything like that at all, or a group of individuals or a family or whatever it may be, you're out and you're walking on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, whatever it is, or whatever, during the week, what you do is you email environment at meadcoco.ie and in the subject you put in Green Kilometre and just tell us a bit where you live, who you are, what you're doing, is it a group, and many of you is there. We will arrange a form to be emailed back to you you fill out the form and you email it back to us as environment at mecocot.ie. That means you're registered. So what we'll do then is we'll tell you, right, you need to go to Trim Navin or Kells Recycling Centre. You need to pick up, there'll be 10 pickers, there'll be 10 pairs of gloves, there'll be 10 high-vis jackets and there'll be two rolls of bags. What we ask people to do then when there's the pick done is to put the bags, try and leave them off the side of the road if possible because it is distracting for motorists as well. Um, give us an air code basically of where it is and within our weekly routine we have a lorry contracted to us a small truck contracted to us so on a Monday we're in the Ashburn Rathold area Tuesday is Navin Wednesday is Trim Thursday is Kells and then Friday is the East Coast right up from Drogheda up, up to Gormanstown all that area and on them particular days we will pick up that rubbish then 
It is, uh, I suppose in a way, it, it kind of gives ownership to the community, doesn't it, Alan, when you do things like this? If you can see a change and you're part of the change yourself, that is a change of mindset, isn't it? Rather than, it, you know, the council has Absolutely. to take responsibility yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, and we still have what we call dashboard diners, which is really sickening. And we also have the UIS, the Uneducated Ignorant Fools, they're continuing to go out and don't rubbish on the side of the road. But the dashboard diners seem to be a huge problem. They're going down the road, they're stopping in their local shop, getting something to eat, firing it out the window. They don't care. There's mm. no, no regard for wildlife, the environment, anything. And it's that we're trying to highlight. And it's, it's people, like, we've one case out in Castletown and Tara, beside Royal Tara Golf Club, where some idiot every week seems to be dumping cans of bags, or bags of cans, cans of beer. Yeah. Do not realise they're recyclable. Yeah. They can be recycled free of charge. Stop dumping on them inside the road. Mm -hmm. Hop on. Bring them home. Put them in your bin. Recycle them. Bring them to a recycling centre. Bring them to a Brinks bank or whatever. Yeah. It must be so frustrating, Alan, because, you know, I I think, like, since I'm in primary, from my parents in primary school, you know, children get that message, you know, don't litter. But... I, I, it still surprises me to this day to see, and I live on a, on a stretch of road, that it must be uh, the perfect distance from um, a well-known fast food joint because it always seems to be the empty bags thrown out the window at this particular spot. But yeah, that people it, can actually do that. It's, it's not it's not children that's doing it. It's adults yeah. that are doing it. And as I, as I keep calling them, the Ackerman have UIF, uneducated ignorant fools is what they are. Like, it's mm. outright disgusting what they're doing. They don't care. And it's it's time to actually be held accountable. And hopefully we will catch these people someday. They always slip up. They do always slip up. We will catch them. But, like, definitely it's noticeable, especially now that the hedges have been cut, the grass verges have been cut, the grass is dead, and another two months the grass is growing up, you won't see a lot of this rubbish. So now is the time to get out and do it. Yeah. And it is, as I say, it's an absolutely fantastic fantastic thing to get people out get people talking and it's manageable one kilometre it's a manageable amount I mean if you get a small group in that you will make a difference we're not we're not not limiting people to a kilometre you can do 10 kilometres if you want (laughs) but like we're you know (laughs) fair play if you want to do more than one kilometre but like it is it's absolutely brilliant and it has worked so successfully for us and we hope to continue and build on it like last year we had more numbers as well now we didn't have the same volume of bags last year because in 2021 the majority of the rubbish that was picked up was the 7,000 bags. So you're going to go back the next year, you're not going to have the same amount of rubbish, which oh. was brilliant. But yeah. like every year we notice this, there is more groups getting involved. We are getting less rubbish, which is a sign that it's working. But again, I appeal to the dashboard diners, lads, ladies, stop throwing your crap out the window. Put it in your back, the well of your car, yeah. the seat beside you, on yeah. the ground, bring it home, put it into your bin. Or if you see a recycling centre or blinks bottle banks or whatever, just stop and put it into it, please. Yeah, it's a very simple message. Well, Alan, we wish you the best of luck. Environment at meadcoco.ie is the email address. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's the only email address to use is environment at meadcoco.ie and the subject heading is Green Kilometre. What will happen then, the email will be picked up, you'll be emailed out a form, fill out the form, get it back into us and then you can go and collect your equipment and we'll contact us then when you have it picked up give us an air code of approximately where it is besides and we'll get it picked up for you then. Great stuff we wish you the best of luck with that that's Alan Nolan there Alicia Warden with uh, Meath looking for volunteers to take part in the Green Kilometre Yes thank you for choosing Local with us here on LMFM's Late Lunch A Navin listener says Hi I'm litter picking in old Johnstown for a few years now the bad manners of people dumping and throwing litter out car windows is ongoing do they not realise the damage they do to the environment have some respect and stop littering so thanks for that text and thanks for all the texts and entries into our competition today um, this is the 
the last play of our TV theme tune. So if you haven't guessed now, the lines are closed, but we're going to give you one more play just to uh, just to refresh the memory. So let's see how many got this right. Let's hear it again. is a story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there I'll tell you how I became of a town called Bel Air I know the whole rap I used to sing that along when I was a kid yes it is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, Will Smith was the Fresh Prince back in the days before he started hitting people randomly at uh, Oscar ceremonies anyway today's winner is Gary Mungi from Longwood so well done Gary Mungi and the uh, tickets to go and see Tommy Fleming uh, in the TLT he's there this Saturday night are going to Caroline Harnan in Drada so well done to Gary and Caroline our competition winners today now I'm continuing Continuing on with our top five countdown that Jerry has been running on the show all this week and we were going back to the year 2004 and this was the top song um, in this week in 2004 um, and she's a lady that um, is I suppose out of the music scene really uh, went out of the music scene for a long time had a bit of a had a, a bit of a break I suppose is in, for want of a better word but this uh, song was from her fourth album In The Zone and it was originally offered to Kylie Minogue but Kylie turned it down there you go Jerry's favourite he still has his Kylie calendar upstairs in the uh, in the prep room Kylie turned this one down but Britney Sm- Spears turned this into a hit and this is Britney Spears with Toxic Britney Spears there and Toxic well Louise could Kylie have done a better job? I know if Jerry was here, he's going to be biased. He's going to, of course, say nothing Miss Minogue could do is wrong. But what do you think? Britney Spears? I'm going to go with Britney. Yeah. 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 She was the sound. Anyway, it's a great track. It's still holding up. It still sounds good. And uh, after after our break now, we're going to be talking to David Sheen from LMFM Sport because we've got a lot of, we hope we've a lot of sport to look forward to the weekend. I hear, uh, heard on the bulletin there, Michael Carroll is saying that a lot of fixtures have been hit. But we're going to look ahead to uh, some of the sporting fixtures this weekend, both uh, here at home in the northeast, some uh, local soccer fixtures, and of course, the, a lot of big rugby matches to look forward to. <laughs> I guess see Kylie in the distance I don't know how I can see some Kylie in the distance but anyway we're going to talk to David Sheehan after these yes it's Friday here on late lunch and after three means one thing it's looking ahead to our weekend of sport and I'm joined as always by David Sheehan David Sheehan rather from LMF of sport David welcome to the program welcome back to you Deirdre oh you're sounding great um how much of this lineup of sport are we actually going to get to see is the weather going to affect many of the local fixtures do you think well, the, all of the games in Mead the, on the local GA front have been um, have been postponed for mm. tonight. So I'm keeping a very close eye on the Drogheda game because that's been... Uh, I'm just keeping an eye on Twitter here because the Dundalk game is going ahead. So Dundalk are playing Derry tonight in the League of Ireland at the Brian McBride Brandy. Well, that one was given a thumbs up a little bit earlier on. Of course, uh, Derry have a, an artificial pitch no more than Dundalk. So that one goes ahead. There was a 3pm inspection at uh, Belfield for the game between Drogheda and UCD. I still haven't seen any update on that one in terms of whether that will go ahead. The one thing to note about the pitch out in Belfield was I was there last year and there hadn't been a particularly bad spell of weather, but there was still a bit of water lying in the middle of the pitch and it's quite it's it's called the UCD bowl and it is kind of down <laughs> below ground level a little bit. So it could it could be more prone to, to water logging than other pitches. So we'll keep a close eye on that one. But as things stand, I suppose we can look at the Derry Dundalk game. That's going ahead at seven forty five. Um Dundalk going into that one in good form. 
haven't gotten off to a slow start, but Derry kind of going well, started the season quite well, beat beat Shamrock Rovers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but Dundalk will be going up there looking to, you know, to get at least a draw out of that one. It's going to be a really interesting game. It's probably the game of the night, really, in the division, because, as I said, Dundalk started off slow, drew with UCD, were beaten by Bohemians, but have had two good wins back-to-back. So they'll be going up there with plenty of confidence. And uh, I think, yeah, they'll be they'll be really looking to tear into Derry City in that one and, and put their own kind of title credentials forward as well not too many people will be tipping Dundalk for a crack of the title but they'll be keen to go up there and show what they're worth you know So confidence into Dundalk tonight then what about Drogheda UCD it's not as much of a test I, I think it's fair to say but what do you expect if the game does go ahead? Yeah I think that this is a game that, that Drogheda would be looking to, to win because themselves and UCD would be most people's favourites to be battling relegation and you know, at the start of the season, the games against the likes of Shamrock Rovers, and even though they got a point against Shamrock Rovers and they were competitive against Bohemians, it's that old kind of cliche that teams that are expected to be down around the bottom will be looking to beat the teams around them. And now I'm not suggesting for a second that Drogheda have any great expectations to be dragged into a relegation battle. They started the season really well, but this would be a game they would expect to win. Uh, it could be on a difficult surface if that game does go ahead, but UCD have had a bad run of it so far. They've only got one point, which came against Dundalk on the opening night. They've taken a couple of beatings in recent weeks, including a hammering against Derry on Monday. So, Drogheda would definitely be be looking to win that game, and I, I think they will, if it goes ahead. Mm-hmm. Both kicking off at 7.45. I'm sure we'll have updates, will we? Live, both of them live on, on LMFM.e on, on the app, yeah. So we'll have, we'll have all those for people online, yeah. Now, across the water, David, uh, Premier League, uh, I suppose we've had a, a, I suppose some surprise um, results last weekend. What can we expect? What have you picked out from the Premier League um, well, I suppose we're, we're always looking at the top two, really, on a weekly basis. Manchester City are away to Crystal Palace um, tomorrow at half past five. Now, Arsenal don't play until Sunday, so City can cut the gap at the top if they win that game. And Crystal Palace are in a really bad run. I think they've only won one of their last 10 games. Patrick Vieira, you know, expressing a little bit of concern about their form, although I don't think he's worried about his job just yet, but maybe he should be. But City probably should win that game. It's, as I said, half five tomorrow. Selhurst Park will be, be rocking, as it always is, but I'd expect Manchester City to win that game. The other game of note tomorrow, I guess, is the Liverpool game against Bournemouth. Liverpool away to Bournemouth. Both sides coming off results last week that were probably among the most extraordinary games in, in recent times in the Premier League. And for Liverpool, probably one of the most famous results in their history, if not the most famous, they beat Manchester United 7-0. Stop rubbing it in. Would know. Stop rubbing it but in, David. But, but, but Bournemouth, uh, sorry, I didn't realise there was, a, there was a, a Manchester United fan on the line here. But yeah, but Bournemouth then, of course, were beaten 3-2 by Arsenal, who got that 97th minute winner. So... Two extraordinary games for both of these sides last week for different reasons. Mm. Liverpool can, can go back into the top four if they win, albeit possibly briefly because Tottenham are playing uh, after them. So they might go back into the into the top four after that. But Spurs are in a bit of a bad run. So Liverpool fancy their chances of top four and a, a win at Bournemouth, you'd imagine, would be, would be expected anyway, certainly after last week. And then finally, on Sunday, Arsenal taking on Fulham, which is a tricky enough game for Arsenal. Fulham are seventh, they're a decent side. Um, but again, you know, if Arsenal, we said it, you know, we say it every week when I'm talking to Jerry, the games against the likes of Fulham and Crystal Palace and Leicester and teams below them really in the table, Aston Villa a few weeks ago, these are games that Arsenal need to be need to be going and winning. They've been riding their luck a little bit lately, the game against Villa, the game against Bournemouth last week. So Fulham away is going to be a tricky one for Arsenal. They had a European game last night as well, so they'll have a little bit of recovery to do from that. Uh, they will make a few changes, of course, but um, I'm gonna gonna stick my neck out and give Arsenal the vote in that one. I hope that they can keep rolling on, as you know, myself and Jerry Kelly, big <laughs> Arsenal supporters. So we're kind of hoping that that keeps Sur- on going. You know, surrounded by Gooners. What about Man United? Can they can they can they pick it up? They had a good win against uh, Real Betis. So I mean, can we do something against Southampton? Do you think? Oh, I think so. I think so. Um, like Southampton are in a, a pretty bad run themselves at the moment. So I'd expect I'd expect Manchester United. I mean, the game last week was, uh, you know. <gasps> 
an, ab- an aberration really for a lot of for a lot of reasons. Although Liverpool fans obviously were delighted with it, but yeah, Man- Manchester United at home at home to Southampton on Sunday, you would expect them to to win that one and um, and try and put some distance between themselves and that result last Sunday. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, it's a good weekend to look forward to. Now, what about in the rugby front? Ireland are still very much out in front, and what can we expect? Uh, the Scots are going to be a tough opposition. Or maybe you want to talk about the Saturday games first, but but Scotland well, versus Ireland, I suppose we're all looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. I suppose the two games on Saturdays. I think Italy Wales is going to be really interesting. When Wales are on a really bad run at the moment, they haven't had a wooden spoon in twenty years, but they're they're on course for it at the minute. And you know, I think the way Italy are going at the moment, Wales in a little bit of disarray. The whole strike situation a few weeks ago that almost happened. I think Italy could win that game, and it'd be a hell of a surprise if they did. Well, not a huge surprise, I suppose, given the way things are going, but in general general terms, it would be a surprise. And I think that could be one to watch the Italy Wales game on Saturday. Then England France, a quarter to five at Twickenham. Again, a huge game there between the old two old enemies there. You'd expect France to, to win that one, I guess, the way things are going. Uh, Marcus Smith back in, Owen Farrell not playing for England, which is a bit of a surprise. But uh, that, that should be a really interesting game as well. But France, you'd imagine, would have too much quality for England. And then the big one on Sunday, from our point of view, Scotland and, and Ireland. Um, yeah, they've made a few changes. Tyg Furlong's back, Johnny Sexton's back, Gary Ringo's back. I think they made six changes in total from the last day. So... Scotland probably, Johnny Sexton mentioned during the week that it's the, the, the best Scotland team he's ever played against. And, you know, they're at home. Their tails will be up as well. They've had some good results in mm. this competition so far. A little bit unlucky the last day against France. Looked like they were beaten and then they came well back into it in the second half and just came up short. So that's going to be a really, really tricky game for Ireland. I I think they're going to do it, but I wouldn't be saying there'll be a huge amount between them. If Ireland get out of that one by by three to five points, I think they'll be doing well. Um, Scotland a little bit mercurial at times. It's hard to know sometimes what sort of performance they'll put in as evidence the last day by the first half versus the second half against France. But it should be a really a really tight affair. I, I think Ireland could can win that one or should win that one just about. But worth noting as well, depending on how other results go, Ireland could actually win the championship this weekend. Um, it's probably unlikely, but it's a possibility depending on other results. But yeah. I think they'll beat Scotland, but it should be a tight one. It's a good one. I suppose for, for those that, yeah, if people, if we're, we get the bad weather that's predicted, you could be sitting very comfortably in your armchair watching these, uh, th- this raft of rugby games. But what about Gaelic games locally? Um, the, in the hurling and the camogie, uh, Meath and Louds both have, uh, have fixtures down anyway. Mm. If they go ahead, what are you, what are you, what are you looking at, David? Yeah, well, me, they're playing Tyrone tomorrow in Healy Park. Again, like with, with, with the way the weather is at the minute, like I'm looking out the window here up in Dublin, it's lovely and sunny. I think, I think the worst of it has probably passed and the likes of the, the inter-county ground should be able to take a bit of bad weather. So I think the, the Tyrone Mead game tomorrow will go ahead, I'd imagine. Um, a win for Mead would guarantee them a place in the Division 2B final. They'd be looking to bounce straight back off the, after relegation last year. So I'd expect Mead uh, to win that one. For Loud, they've only won one of their their first three in the Division, in division, the division below. So they're... They're under a little bit of pressure. They need to get a win. They're playing for Mana at Dar- in Darver on Sunday, and they'd want to get a win in that one just to make sure they're not dragged into a, a relegation battle. Um, so it'll be a tough one for Loud there, but I, I think they they might just get that win there. But they definitely need to to, to pick up uh, pick up the pace a little bit and just move up the table. And then in the Camogie, um, Cavan against Mead in in Den GAA on Saturday at two o'clock. Mead are just a, a point behind Kerry at the top of the table there. Uh, in Division 2A so they're they're going reasonably well as well they have lost a lot of players from last season for a variety of reasons between retirement and playing football and whatnot so there has been a lot of change there for them to kind of get their get their heads around and Brennan Skeen has been busy trying to bring in new players and try people out so they're playing Cavan away as I said yesterday or as I said just, just there they're playing them tomorrow at 2 o'clock so 
I'd give me the, the nod in that one as well. So um, let's hope we've plenty of local successes this weekend. Exactly. And the lads from O'Carroll College in Nobber as well going to do battle in uh, Castle Island against Castle Island this weekend, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Like they've, 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 The success that they've had, and I know you were, we're almost out of time here, but the, the success they've had and the, the, the number of talented players in that team is, is something else. And uh, yeah, it'd be brilliant for them to get that win as well. And you'd have to fancy them to do it given the, given the quality of player that they have. Absolutely. We wish them all the best. Well, David, thanks a million. It's been great talking to you and uh, we've a nice weekend of sport to look forward to and um, we'll have live updates from all the games and all the reports from the matches over the weekend but David Sheen will talk to you then again next Friday and that is all we have time for here on Late Lunch this Friday I want to say a massive thank you to Louise Walsh who's behind the scenes doing all the, the graft and all the hard work producing the show today so I just want to say a big thank you Jerry will be back as normal on Monday for from Late Lunch at 1.30 and Eddie Caffrey is next on the drive up for me Deirdre Hurley have a great weekend stay safe on the roads. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.